Hello and welcome to Thriving on the Spectrum, the podcast dedicated to empowering and supporting young adults with autism on their journey towards a fulfilling life. I'm your host, Arpita Mohan, and together we'll explore invaluable insights, expert advice, and personal stories that shed light on the unique opportunities and challenges young adults with autism encounter. So if you're a parent, caregiver, friend, or ally, join us as we explore possibilities to help young adults with autism thrive. In today's episode, we will talk about meaningful engagement in the context of young adults with autism. We are joined by Kavita Krishnamurthy and Sharda Raja Ram, the co-founders and co-directors of the Cambridge Academy based in Chennai, India. Kavita is a parent of a young adult with autism and is a certified arts-based therapist. Sharda, a special educator, has over 20 years of experience in educating children and young adults with autism. Hi, Kavita and Sharda. We are so excited to have you again on today's episode. As are we to be back. Yes, it's really nice to be back. Thank yeah, you. it's super refreshing to kind of chat about these different topics and really, really excited to talk about meaningful engagement, particularly today. So to get us started, Kavita, what do we really mean by meaningful engagement? Um, Arpita, I think to understand what we mean by meaningful engagement, we might have to look at the whole question of meaningful to whom? Uh, I think the key point here is, is the activity, is any activity that an autistic young adult is engaged in, is it meaningful to that person, to that individual? Uh, oftentimes, uh, they may be made to do activities which may absolutely have no no meaning to them at all. Uh, and how do we find out the, whether it has meaning to them or not? I think it is uh, meaningful to them uh, if if they feel connected to it in some way. And they will let us know uh, that they feel connected to it because, you know, you'll just see it in the level of interest that they show that, you know, they're engaging with it. They are happier. I mean, you can see it in their body language. So I think that is uh, that would be meaningful engagement uh, to me. It's something that it's any activity which makes them feel happy to spend uh, large chunks of time uh, doing. I think that would be meaningful engagement. Uh, it would also be, I think meaningful engagement would also be something which is born out of their own interest. So if they are interested to it and they are connected to it, then it would be uh, meaningful engagement. So for example, I can uh, illustrate this with uh, an example from Cambridge. So when we began Cambridge in the early days, we would, uh, you know, uh, one of the skill building or one of the areas of interest that we were exploring was cooking. And we would get uh, our students to cut vegetables, which they would take home. And we noticed that, you know, that, I mean, they would do it as, as a chore or as a task, but they were not really connected with it. And then we said, why not start making lunch in Cambridge so that the vegetables that they are cutting is actually being cooked. And because we also saw that a couple of them were really interested in cooking itself. So we started cooking lunch and that was really something that turned the table because then they began to see that if I'm cutting vegetables now, these are going to be cooked and I'm going to eat them. So, you know, the connection or uh, that the activity was purposeful made it meaningful to them. So I think that is what uh, we mean when we say uh, meaningful engagement. Now, that's really interesting. And I think I really like the points about like connection and feeling like really interested in it. I think like that's also something that I find super meaningful. So I guess from that perspective, like 
One of the questions I have is for both Sharda and Kavita here is like, from your experience, how do you really go about identifying such interests in autistic individuals? So I think what we look for first is really observe, observe them to see what is it that they are drawn towards. What occupies them? I mean, what are they doing constantly? So it may be, you know, things like like you might find an individual who is constantly organizing things, who is like putting things in place. Uh, it could be someone who is, for example, constantly tapping. Now that, that actually suggests a lot of rhythm in the person. So we can look for activities which may be rhythmic to start the exploration process. So this may be rhythmic in terms of, for example, drumming, but it can also be other rhythmic activities like weaving is also a rhythmic activity. Or if you were to look at in art, uh, if in visual art, if you were doing, you would look at uh, something like printing or like stamping, which, which again is rhythmic. So to introduce what is, uh, you know, what, what will catch their fancy or to identify their interest would be looking at, uh, looking at how they are, what are they uh, kind of drawn towards. Uh, it could also be something sensory. For example, somebody may be uh, liking to touch a lot. Now, what can, you know, if, if they're liking to touch a lot, what, what could we do with that? What are the kind of, you know, uh, activities which involve touch that can be used? It could be like, uh, you know, doing collage work in visual art. It could be doing something with fabric, you know, different kinds of textures. So, I mean, one would, you know, start the exploration process by introducing many of these things and then seeing where, uh, you know, their interest is kind of getting. I mean, where is that spark coming from? Where is something that happens that, you know, kind of their eyes light up and they really like kind of want to engage with it. That's what we look for. Outside of what you said, Kavita, there are some other considerations for interest building that we have seen. Like, for example, when they are not um, exposed to activities uh, in their younger days and they find something very new, which they've never come across, they seem to find, you know, some... Uh, like that spark you said, no, this is something I could probably try out. That we have seen. And uh, for some of them, they have learned a few skills earlier and probably not uh, taken to it. It's, it's good to actually reintroduce uh, them now. But you, you never know. It may work for them now or it may not. But we can always give it a try and reintroduce because they, that's a skill that they have learned. Like, for example, the weaving, there were a couple of our uh, boys who, who were very well versed with weaving, but slowly, suddenly they have lost interest. But we have, we have reintroduced it again, hoping that, you know, probably they may take to it. We will know, like, whether they are going to pursue it or not. So that is something, you know, we have to keep in mind. Uh, yeah, uh, sorry. So one is that they may, you know, take take uh, back to it. I mean, they come, they may come back to it, and they also might not. And so you know, we that process of exploration continues. It's like cyclical. You know, I mean, they've like gone through a cycle with one activity, and then they might want to do something else. So I mean, as facilitators, I mean, we need to kind of keep that open and see what would be the newer area of interest that might emerge. Yeah, I think that's an ongoing process. That makes a lot of sense. And I guess, yeah, I kind of hope I can find that spark in me too. But on that note, I mean, like, personally, I feel like there are like times when I have interests, you know, many of them maybe be like tennis or music, but sometimes I really do lack those skills for it. So Sharda, have you observed such mismatches when you look at these interests and in these skills in your students? And how do parents and like special educators support their pursuits? 
Yeah, we have seen that uh, with some of the skills, you know, the student is really interested in a, a particular activity or particular thing to do, but he's not completely equipped to uh, do it on his own without support. Uh, for example, uh, he's very interested in cooking and the prep work, which, you know, say chopping vegetables, but he doesn't have the uh, mastered uh, knife skills, I can say. So we uh, introduce him to using a chopper, which he uses so comfortably and is able to chop the vegetables as good as how we do it with the knife. So that kind of accommodation is what we need to do to support their interest. And if if some of them need a visual uh, schedule which will keep them on track, yes, we can do that for them. So these kind of uh, accommodations is what will help them to sustain their interest and, you know, kind of take it further. Also, I feel, you know, I mean, one way of looking at this whole area of interest is that we ourselves as facilitators broaden our ideas of what the areas of interest could be. So we'll have to look at, you know, some out of the box kind of ideas also. It could be a pursuing a sport. It could be pursuing an art form. I mean, it could be different kinds of activities. It doesn't have to be, you know, some, uh, you know, the kind, the more traditional or the kind of activities that we are generally used to. We might have to think out of the box and look at introducing those areas also. Yeah, that's why I think there is a need for constant uh, exploration, you know, uh, because we don't know, as we were discussing earlier, they lose interest in something. And we have to keep finding things which uh, will add to their repertoire of interest so that, you know, at some point they're not stuck with, you know, not able to do something with their lives. So this constant exploration has to happen. I know it is a little, uh, you know, heavy on the parents and on <laughs> the educators to constantly keep thinking and exposing them to activities which you may find them interested in. Yeah, it's an completely ongoing thing <laughs> that makes sense and is honestly a great segue to my next question too but before that I just wanted to like acknowledge the things that you said I mean like with like be like any company too like I'm more in the corporate space so you know there's that importance of really building that accommodation where people need it and I think it's important to recognize these wherever you go so I just want to kind of touch on that because it reminded me of something that happened both in my university too, where they acknowledge these needs for accommodation based on people's specific requirements. And yeah, I thought that was really great that you highlighted that piece. But yeah, diving a little deeper into this topic about, you know, continuous support and those aspects, I was wondering if this links into my next question too. But what do you do if you do start to notice, you know, that they've lost interest over time or in some cases, you know, lack interest at all? Um. Well, Arpita, see, one is like Sharda just said, if you notice that they've lost interest over time, maybe we need to then start the cycle of exploration all over again. So we look at what other new activities can be introduced or whatever new areas can be introduced. Uh, the other thing is, uh, you know, sometimes there are uh, phases of pause. I mean, there are phases when they're really not interested or don't want to do anything at all. I think at that, when, when they're going through these kind of phases, it makes sense to just leave it for a while. I think we need to respect that, that for whatever reason, at this point of time, they're not feeling very highly motivated to do something. And I think we just let it be, let it lie for a while. And maybe over time, reintroduce with something else. And in, in, uh, in the limited experience we've had, we do find that 
they do come back maybe not in the same activity or the same set of activities that they were doing earlier but they are willing to engage um even when they come back so i think i think what's important is to be very alive to where that individual is at that point of time i mean are they feeling motivated what are they interested uh, in uh, are they anything are they bored of what they've been doing do they really need something novel to be introduced i mean so i think keeping a very close tab either as a parent or as an educator or a facilitator i think that is important and then we need to constantly kind of you know um get back observe think uh, reintroduce uh, pull back a bit i mean i think that's a that's a kind of little dance that we have to keep doing all the time No I love that and I think like a lot of these points that you mentioned so far is so like related to some of the episodes that we're going to have later as well like you mentioned the importance of like continuous learning and support and I think it's like a great precursor to the next few episodes that we have which will dive into these topics as well I mean I thought this was a lovely discussion with both of you and another great one that we've had it's a great time to wrap it up as well And just reflecting on what you've said so far, I could see a couple of key takeaways that really stood out to me from today's discussion. One of which is that it's really important for engagement to be motivating and of interest to truly be meaningful. And two, you really need to look out for what you know they are drawn towards and consider these exploratory activities to identify such interests. And third, in terms of once you recognize that while interests may be far and wide. there is a need to consider these accommodations to support skill building and lastly building that meaningful engagement is not necessarily a one time activity but rather it's really a continuous process of training and support over the life of an individual with autism and i think this applies to everyone thank you so much for joining us today if you haven't already Make sure to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode filled with inspiration, support and hope. On our next episode, we will be joined by Sushma Nagarkar and Nikhil Sharma and we'll cover topics related to meaningful engagement at Cafe Arpan. Until next time, take care, stay positive and keep thriving.